At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line Week 8 College Football as we say hi. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VSIN studios here at the South Point. For the first time today, we head out to the Borgata and say what's up to Mr. Michael Lombardi. Michael, here's what I thought. You had your super secret dinner last night with Berman and the no, cast of The no, Sopranos. No, no, I thought no, maybe you no. were bailing on me today, but I'm happy to see your face. No, I was here promptly. I was here at 9 a.m. I, I was here at work. I don't want anybody to think I missed a day of work. Never happened, never would happen. We just had a little technical issues that we're kind of working our way through here, but we got it, and now we're up on the air. No, I was promptly here, Patrick. I was waiting to be here. You know? <laughs> and, and, and to correct my man Matt sitting in the direct in the producer Uh-oh. chair, I'm not in a bad mood. I'm not. I'm not in a bad mood. No. I'm a little annoyed, but I'm not in a bad mood. I'm no. good. No, and we're good to go, and it's great to see you, man. I, the, Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank yes, you. Yes, we, we're here. It is called the Lombardi line, after all, so we need the Lombardi. Uh, well, I, thank you. Yeah. LSU, Mississippi. Okay. The reason oh, I'm st- you know I know how I feel the reason I'm this. starting here is I just thought you said something that was so apropos yesterday. I didn't even think about it, and that is Lane coaching for potentially a job. And oh, he wants, wants that job. He in the wants worst that way. job, right? I don't know what Carl said because I couldn't hear. We were getting set up. I saw Carl looked really good today. I'm disappointed he's not going to join us for Fall Fest tonight, but maybe one day we'll get him up here to the Jersey Shore. But I I, I was wondering what he said about the game because he's kind of plugged into the program. But to me, the, the schedule for LSU going forward, Ole Miss today, Lane, then Alabama, Nick's not going to do it. Arkansas, Sam Pittman, Louisiana Monroe. I mean, the uh, uh, you know Skip Holtz, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then of course A and M, Jimbo Fisher. There'll be much talk about him coming back because of the AD. Every team that plays LSU for the remainder, other than Alabama, the coach will try to make sure that the board of directors or whoever's picking this head, next head coach at LSU is going to be impressed by what the other team does. Now. Yeah, and I'll tell you what Carl Johnson, who runs the book down at the Beau Rivage, so he, he's close to the situation. He, he feels like Ole Miss is going to roll today. He was high on Ole too. Miss, and, and I know you do as well. The number open 10.5 has dropped down to 8. So I love yeah, that. He, he I was love big. The, I love the line movement. I love the line movement going away. I love that. I don't know. I love it. I think it's ideal. It's the perfect situation. Uh, to play. I think the Mississippi will be really, he'll have this team lights out. Now, he's got to stop the run game. You know, they've got to do a much better job defensively if they can, you know, and I think they will. But this is about, this is really about, this is really about Lane Kiffin proving to everybody that he deserves an elite job. And I think if he can do it today, he will. You know, it's interesting. And I use the word as subterfuge because Lane is playing around with Matt Corral and his status today. You have to believe he's going to play. He's listed as doubtful. 
This, he's a game changer because if they have to go to yeah. the true freshman at Altmaier, he's a pocket passer. What, Corral, what makes Corral a Heisman contender and special, and you know this from talking to people at the next level, is his ability to run the football. He had 30 rush attempts in Knoxville for 200 yards last year, last week. I mean, I mean look, let's, let's be honest. Uh, I mean, I know Lane gets a ton of publicity for his brilliant offensive play calls, but at the end of the day, it's either a deep shot or, or Corral's running. Yes, There's really no right. intermediate passing game. I mean, there's no sophistication. It's RPOs, and it's going to be take shots. So without Corral in there, I would hesitate to, to play it. But I do think he's going to play. I think the fact that Lane's trying to be coy about it tells you he is going to play. So you mentioned in the one – Point of caution I would point out is that Ole Miss. Ole Miss has given up 196.3 on the ground per. And it does feel like LSU, who's dealt with injuries, felt like Davis Price last week against Florida, what, 287, three scores on the ground. Yeah. That is the one thing that would concern me if Coach O and LSU just decide just to run the ball, run that clock. Well, they're 12th in the conference in rush defense. They're 112th overall in the country in rush defense. So one thing we do know, but here's what I know about getting ready to play games. You can, you can scheme to stop someone's run game. You can do that. It isn't just physicality of brute. I mean, a lot of times people run the ball on you because you don't have a box. Last week, Todd Grantham played a very light box. He never, got his, he never got his gap alignment controlled. He was vertical and horizontally out of space. It was really a poorly coached team, Florida, last week, which allowed those. I mean, because when you play football and you get eight in the box and everybody gets a gap, the gaps have to be uniform laterally and horizontally. And so, uh, you know, that didn't happen. I think with a week of practice and knowing they're going to come in and try to run the ball, I think Mississippi can play not great run defense, but at least sustainable run defense to give them a chance to win this game by more than 10 points. Okay, so now the flip side. And then I want to ask you about coaching potential hires for LSU. But let's talk about this situation Ed O finds himself in. He's a lame duck. Is that awkward for the team? Does this inspire the team? Help me from a better's perspective. Help me understand the Ed O component moving forward. I got the feeling just listening to some of the commentary that the players were frustrated with Ed O. You know, and I know one thing. If what Ed O was bringing to practice, and you know, we've heard all the stories, right? I don't know if you can embarrass Ed O. You know, like I don't know if that could happen. I think he's just going to play it out. I think he's just going to play it out. I mean, look, I've said this for the last four years since he's been the head coach at LSU. When the ball gets kicked off till the time the game's over, he has no influence over the game. Zero. Zero. Zero influence. So it's not going to matter today. He's not like you're going against Ed O. You're going against his offensive coordinator, his defense coordinator in the kicking game. Any decision he makes, is he's just it's going to be like he's sitting on a couch. <laughs> so, you know, so Lane Lane knows this. I mean, and so that this is why. I mean, this is a, you know, LSU removing Ed Orgeron as the head coach, even though it's going to cost them a lot of money, is going to make the program better. It's going to make the program better, you know, because they'll get somebody who's a professional coach in there, who's a guy who's not just a recruiter. This is a top, top three job in the country. And Ed just decided to stop doing whatever he was doing. You know, he stopped working hard. Well, he was working hard. 
It just wasn't as a co- <laughs> coaching I, you football. You fill that sentence in. You <laughs> that sentence My man in. was grinding, I assure you. Yeah. He and Urban oh, have something in common. Oh. I digress. Yeah. It's a family show, I, Michael. I, Watch I, your mouth. Uh, let me, Matt, Matt, can we throw that number up? Because I want to show Michael the total. And you see it's lofty, 76 and a half. If you're afraid of that number, the past two years have produced 101 and 95 combined points in the game. So you shouldn't be afraid with LSU, what, beating Ole Miss five straight. They've averaged 46.8 in those wins. So these two teams are going to score it. Yeah, I think so. And, and here's the thing, too, that, you know, when we talk about run game, we talk about the 112th rush defense in the, in the country in Mississippi. But here's one way to stop a running game. Get the lead. Get in front. You know, get ahead of them and make them have to throw the ball and make them have to rely on their passing game. To me, that's the other way to stop a run game. If the game, if LSU can play from in front, you know, then all of a sudden that it really helps them. They can continue to run the ball and continue to eat up the clock. But in college football, it's so different. Those long dr- the clock stops after first downs, so there is some hesitation. You don't the run game doesn't d- destroy the clock like it does in the NFL. Okay, I want to ask you about the p- coaching potentials, but quickly again, this is going to come down to Corral. The season comes down to Corral for Ole Miss because LSU struggled against that dual threat quarterback this year if Altmeyer, the true freshman has to play he's more of a pocket passer it'll completely change the landscape of this game so keep a note and keep an eye on that now you mentioned lsu you throw up a fence around georgia and louisiana and you can win a national championship you know that oh Michael. my god yeah. lsu yeah, no. the fan base is absolutely fervent let's talk about the potentials Joe Brady, who's with your son over there in carolina his name's going to be tossed around give me some name potentials here lsu I think LSU should hire Billy Napier. He's at the University of Louisiana Lafayette. He's done nothing Good but one. win and be successful at that program. He's from, he's not from the state, but he's been involved in the state with recruiting. I mean, he could walk into any high school in the country in the state of Louisiana and have a connection with the coach. He's not an outsider. He's an insider because he's been there. And that's really important at LSU. You need to be an insider within the state high school programs. You can't be somebody like, you know, you can't play well. Nick went down there. And, and he was able to kind of, because of his ability to recruit and talk, he was able to win those people over. But it's a challenge. You know, one of the reasons Orgeron got the job is because he's one of them. You know, he speaks their language. And I think you need to have somebody that does that. And I think that Billy Napier would be the ideal guy to go in there. He's from the Alabama tree. He runs a really successful program out at Lafayette. He's had ability to develop a quarterback, and he can recruit. I mean, Napier gets that job. It, it would be LSU would be competing for a title pretty much every year. I think he's going to be outstanding. Napier could have had the Arkansas job. He could have had the Mississippi job. He could have had any job in the, in the Southeast Conference. He's kind of waited around for the right job. That's a great name, and he's a great coach, and he's done a great job at Louisiana. Don't call us Laffy Taffy anymore, Lafayette. The question is, you know how it is in college. You have to impress the boosters. You have to make a splash. Would Napier be a big enough name at LSU? I don't know. I don't know if he's a big enough name, you know. But I do know this: he can win, and he can coach the quarterback, which are the two requirements, you know. And he's had head coaching experience more than Joe Brady's had. You know, you hire Joe Brady, you're going to get a good quarterback coach. You're going to get a good head coach. I think you got to answer that question. And I don't know if Joe Brady really wants to go back to college. 
I mean, I'm sure Joe Brady could have gotten a college job anywhere he wants. Now, LSU might be more tempting for him than ever because it is one of the top five jobs in the country, including pro football. So, you know, I, I think that, that that certainly would be interesting. I haven't heard if he is. I know this. The University of Miami job was certainly something that appealed to him because I think he really likes the University of – I think he likes Miami and Florida. And if you're going to get the LSU gig, you're going to get paid. I think they have enough money. They're going to pay Coach Ed O 16 mil just to go away. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think they have a lot of money. They have money they can get their hands on. I think that's why Napier might be a really good fit because they're not going to have to go out and pay a huge, huge, uh, you know, uh, buyout of a contract. That's where, I mean, if he goes, if they try to hire uh, uh, Jimbo, I mean, A&M's good. Jimbo's buyout's huge. And now you've got to add the buyout to the cost of everything, and those bills start to run up. Great start, Michael. It's great to have you back. Okay, when we Thank come you, back. Patrick. It's good to be back. I was always here. I wasn't anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same old story. I understand. And I'm not in a bad mood, Matt. I'm not in a bad mood. You'll know when I'm in a bad oh, mood, Oh, trust me, Matt. Matt. You'll know when he's in a bad <laughs> mood. I get this. Cincinnati coming back. They're at Navy. We continue. Lombardi line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Breeders' Cup right around the corner. First weekend in November. Sign up today with the promo code VEGAS1000. VEGAS1000 and receive $10 instantly when you do at ExpressBet. Promo code VEGAS1000. Again, vcin.com slash horses for all the information on the ponies here at the network. As we get you back here, Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher, live from the vcin studios here at the South Point. Michael's out at the Borgata today. First off, how's the action at the Borgata, and what's the weather like a little out slow. there? We're, we're a little slow here this morning. I think we're going get, to get going. I think everybody's had a little technical difficulties getting their morning going, but I think it'll be picking up back here pretty soon. <laughs> you know? Some t- does that mean everybody's hungover, technical difficulties? I, I don't know. You know, we weren't – nobody – Nobody in our party, Anissa, Millie, the great Bill Berman, who's setting up for Fall Fest right now, nobody was hungover this morning. So everybody's in good shape. You know, we had a good night, good time. We saw Sinatra on the wall, which was good. Saw the Pope on the wall. It was all good. Yes, Michael went to – it's one of those where you pull behind the curtain and you go to the I special. I should have taken v- a picture for you. I wish I you would have. taken a picture for you. You know, and I was late, too, going in there because I had to do Russo from 5 to 5.30. I heard and you. And then uh, – <laughs> Did you hear me? I, how about you. Russo? I can tell how you were in the, the car. <laughs> how about Christopher defending Urban Meyer's coaching in oh, there? How about that? I, not to get it. That's, I was so happy you did what you did. Let me just put it that way. Now. I, you know what? I didn't hear from you after the hit. I was like, oh, I must have really No, 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 no. I, I, I'll, I'll text you after the show. I was thrilled with the way you handled that. <laughs> okay. Cincinnati. Before we get to your yeah, basement, let's talk about let's, Before we get to your basement, top heavy, second-ranked team in the country, the Bearcats returned everybody on defense. Ritter on offense. We understand he's done a great job there. They're beating teams by 29. Unironically, the number today at Navy is 28 and a half, 29. They need to yeah. keep rolling. Style points need yeah. to add up because there's a very distinct possibility. Obviously, we know the committee doesn't like group teams, and they certainly are a group team. What are your thoughts on Cincinnati here? You know, the Navy offense is always challenging. And I think Fickle, because he's got experience of playing against them, will certainly handle it, and he knows how to deal with it. But to me, when you break this team down, they're so good in terms of stopping the run, 
putting pressure on you. And I think really the way you win this game against Navy, I know Navy's just one in five, right? I understand that they're not a good team, but they're hard to play. You know, they're hard to play. I yep. think you got to get in front of them. You got to get that, force them to have a drop back pass game because they don't really have that. And I think that's really where the issue is here. And the problem is the way Navy plays, the way Navy plays offensively, you know, they haven't been good this year. They're 121st in the country in scoring offense, right? They're 130th in passing offense, but they can reduce the game. They can reduce the game. And so because they reduce the game, it's hard to think you're going to cover by 30. Right? It's hard to think you're going to cover by 30. That would be my only one. You know, and when you look at Cincinnati's schedule moving forward, Patrick, okay, they play 1-5 Navy, 1-5 Tulane, 3-4 Tulsa, which I don't think Tulsa's very good, 1-5 South Florida, and then they go SMU, who's undefeated. I mean, they basically, this, they got to keep rolling, and they got to keep putting pressure on them. It is, it's fascinating because, Michael, what, what will hurt Cincinnati, and we can get into this later shows as well, you know Georgia and Alabama are going to meet up in that, national, in that SEC championship game in Atlanta. Alabama, watch, they'll go and beat Georgia. Those two teams are getting in the college football playoff. So you right. start to see paths and pathways. I heard, say, I heard Amal say Oklahoma can compete for it. I mean, is he thinking because the quarterback, the change in quarterback, is this? Yeah, is he thinking that? Because I don't see Oklahoma as a team that could beat Alabama or Georgia. Do you? Uh, no, absolutely not. What's fascinating about them is they're six and zero. They have a chance to go seven and zero for the first time in seventeen years, and it doesn't feel like it the Oklahoma like we've it. talked no. about over the past couple of years, right? No, it doesn't feel that way at all to me. That's why I was. And now they're actually they're better on defense, which I get Amal's point, right? They're better on defense, and they're starting to find themselves offensively. But you know that Texas game, I don't know how. I mean that Texas game lingers in my mind. I know they won the game, but Texas, my lord, did they blow that game? You want to go to the basement? Let's do it. Yeah. Hopefully, it. hopefully we got a good conne- hopefully money. we got a good connection down in the basement. Let's go down there, yeah. huh? And we'll start Let's with number we ten. We'll throw it up there, Matt. We'll start with number ten. FIU number ten on your on your list here, bottom ten. Well, you know, look, they they're, they're at Western Kentucky, which I think is a good team. You know, the Panthers are are one and five, two and four against the spread, five and one over the other. They don't play very good defense at all, and they're nine and three against the spread in their last game. I think this is one of those. If you like Florida International, take the points here today. I think. The, the line is getting away. The, the, one of the things about the basement, what we have to understand is it's not all just give up the points. It's take the points, right? Houston playing Arizona, 18 and a half. Now it's gone down to 17 and a half. But, you know, we know Arizona has a, has a Thursday night game. Are they going to be interested in the fourth quarter? I think some of these basements, these adjustments to the basement, I think when you look at it, I think it, it becomes much more uh, problematic because they, they also have – you know, the, the, the lines have increased up. I mean, this Florida International 73rd in the country in offense. They're not that bad. Now, they stink on defense. That's why the over-under is 5-1. and one. So I, I would be less reluctant to, you know, Western Kentucky's a 2-4 and four team. I think I'd take the points here, Patrick. Western Kentucky lays 17. That tells you everything you need to know. Arkansas State's number 9. They're on a bye this week. Let's go yep. to 8, New Mexico. Well, they play, they play Lafayette. They played them to a one-point game. i got to give them credit on that one. I yep. mean, they're going to get out of my bottom 10 just by playing Lafayette to a one-point game. Something to strive for. Let's go New Mexico. Laramie, Wyoming. Wyoming's laying yeah, now, 20. Now, Wyoming let me down. I mean, they really let me down. They were like, you know, when they played against Connecticut, they let me down. But for the most part, look, New Mexico is 130th in the country on offense, right? They're 100 and they're 87th on defense. 
They've the last three games, the last five games that they played, 34 nothing, 20 to 13 to UTEP, 38 to 10, 31 to 7 to to San Diego State, and then they they lost 36 to they, to Colorado State, 36 to 7. And so you know they, they they don't. I mean, I think this is one of those where you got to take Wyoming and lay the points. Okay, Southern Miss, they're sitting seven in your basement, but they're on Did a you- bye this week. Yeah, did you see they're going to go into the – they're going into the – they got into a conference, which is good for Sun Southern Belt. Miss, Yeah, you know? they're going to be in the Fun Sun Belt. Belt. If you can keep yeah, up that, with all these conference changes, I, I'll give you a billion bucks. I'm trying. I'm trying to. Okay, now, here's an interesting one. How about your boys there, Kansas? I love this matchup because it's Oklahoma and, you know, efficiency-wise, seventh-ranked offense in, in the country. Kansas, they're pretty good on defense. They're 126th overall. This could get ugly. Well, they're, 100, they're 123 on offense. Is that good? They're 123. Is that good? And they're 0 6 against the spread. I mean, where is the? What I mean, you know, like seriously, how are we not taking? What's the? What is the? What's the closing? What's the The number is 38 and a half, 39 right now. I think you got to lay it, Patrick. What do you think? You got to lay the wood. Of course, I actually do. I do. I I I do think Leopold. I think. He's going to be a good coach. It's just you can't take over a program oh, you can't. that's decimated like this. And, and it's expect. like Arizona. I mean, Arizona played Washington twenty-one sixteen yesterday. There was a ton of. I mean, without a bat, without a quarterback. I mean, they lost McLeod. They lost Gunnar Cruz. And I mean, they played them twenty-one sixteen. They had a chance to win the game. You know, sometimes just because you don't win doesn't mean the program's not going in the right direction. All right, Lego Rice next five. Rice is R- at Rice. UAB today. UAB's lane twenty-four. That, that This is a hilarious line, right? I mean, Rice <laughs> played – I mean, Rice had the lead on Arkansas, right? Rice had the lead on Arkansas early in the season, and Arkansas came storming back. You know, now, Rice is 126th overall on offense. They're 126 on defense. So they're consistent. You've got to admire their consistency on how bad they are. And they're going to play against the Blazers, who are not a great offensive team. They're 86th in the country on offense. They really can't move the ball. But where the Blazers are really good and why I think the Blazers are a good play here, Blazers are 20th in the country on defense. Right? They're the best defense in the conference. They're eighth in relative scoring defense, which means a bad offense is not going to score the ball. So if you're going to take if you take UAB, you're going to win this thing 30 to nothing or 30 to 3. I think that's a good play. Let's go to the Mac. Your boys, Akron hosting Buffalo. Buffalo's laying 12 and a hook. And you know, Buffalo's not the same team that they were no, in the past, no, that's right? That's why this number is hilarious. You know, you, you, you know, that's why it's hilarious. I mean, you know, but um, and and they lost last week to Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio is a very middle of the pack team. But Akron, to me, is, you know, Akron's a little, you know, we're talking about a bad defense, 125th overall, 125th in relative scoring defense, and even they're worse, they are a worse run defense than Ole Miss. Think about that. Think about that. Yep. No, I got a minute here. I I got a minute. uh, I think Buffalo rolls. Go ahead. I want to make sure I get to your favorite teams here. New Mexico State by UMass. They're catching, what, 35 and a half on the road at Florida State, and then UConn comes in at number one. Let's give UConn some props. They beat they Yale. Won. They won. They beat Yale. They beat the Bulldogs. I mean, big win for UConn. Big win for UConn. I was applauding it. Yes, now they go I'm to sure Middle Tennessee, are. and they're only a 14 and a half point dog. This is, might be the lowest one ever. But think about UConn. They're 4-4 four and four against the spread. They're 4-0 la- they're oh against the spread in the last four games. If you play UConn today, you got guts. Don't let UConn get hot is the theme here. Don't let them get hot. They might get out of there. Can you name two presidents? I like, 
Go ahead. I, I like I like UAB today against Rice. I do. I, I think that might be the best one. I, and I also like Oklahoma against Kansas. UConn beat Yale. Can you name two presidents that went to Yale? Bush, the Bush went to Yale. I know that for sure. Uh, and Bill Clinton went to Yale. Just because you're flustered doesn't mean you're not on point, man. Look at you. Put Thank you on you. the spot. Thank you. Find Thomas Gable. He's next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, great point by producer Matt here about the NBA. It's so tough to beat early, and the only way to do it is to get the NBA betting guide, and it's under 10 bucks. I, I, how you don't do this at $9.99 is crazy. Jonathan Von Tobel and the crew did a great job putting this together. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe. It's everything you need to cover the association with daily betting tips as well. Okay, we head out to the Borgata in New Jersey as we say hi here on Week 8 College Football Lombardi Line. Uh, did you find Thomas Gable, Michael? Found him. Yeah, um, we sure did. Yeah, he was never missing. Thomas Gable was always prompt at work. Uh, I'm here. You know, Thomas, I was here early, right? You, you, you were? You were. Now, okay. now, Patrick, I don't know if this rumor has reached out there yet, but at least in this area, the rumor is Bill Berman and Michael were actually with Ben Simmons last night. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm just saying that there seems to be some some thawing there in the ice in Philadelphia, though. Did you hear the comments? Between, yeah, what the like, hell was that Embiid? with Embiid? Yeah. And Harris, the, Tobias Harris comes out after the game saying about how supportive he is of, of Ben. And I did not hear this. It's, uh, I was wait, 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 wait. Hold on, You're reformed. You're reformed. Right. Uh, you're reformed. I was uh, reading the Miami. Fan. I don't read the Inquirer any longer. I was reading the <laughs> wait, Miami hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> TG, did you see after the game, Embiid took the microphone and told yes. the crowd Ben Simmons is to still support, our brother. Yes. What brother, the hell yep. is going on? Wow. I, I don't know what, what is happening there uh, with that. I know that there was obviously, uh, we know Simmons addressed the team right. uh, yesterday. And uh, and then obviously all these comments were made after the game uh, yesterday by Embiid addressing the crowd at Harris in his uh, uh, post-game press conference. And it's just, it's amazing to me. I you're going to see him back on the floor sooner than later, yeah. I think, it, at this point sick, for the it's Sixers. It's a sitcom. It's, it's, a true it's sitcom. insane. And it really, <laughs> when you look at this whole situation, the Sixers need to look in the mirror themselves. Yeah. But this, no, no, they, no. They, they really they created, brought this all the on problem. themselves. I've been saying it for years. They yeah. created, they spoiled the players, yep. and then they wonder what, how to handle a spoiled child. I mean, they don't know really what to do. But let's talk about and the And by the way, Michael, the you're today. so laissez-faire because he's a Heat fan now. I he's love how you fan, just yeah. brushed off Thomas. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really care. By the way, they did get beat by the Nets yesterday there at Wells Fargo. Go ahead, yeah, Michael. And they blew, they blew a lead in the fourth quarter, but who's, who's counting, right? <laughs> and, and the beat seemed to tire out there. Amazingly, yeah, in the fourth I mean, quarter. Not that you care. The, the, not that you care. Not that I care. Yeah. Durant dominated the fourth, but the best player in the history of the NBA couldn't dominate the fourth because he's got knee soreness. I digress. Yes. Anyway, let's talk about the biggest game on the board today is for you uh well most tickets written is ohio state and indiana believe it or not wow yeah that that, that has the most tickets written on any game here at Pergata. so really is and is anybody playing indiana not so much no. <laughs> i thought so <laughs> not so much <laughs> so what is your number there so uh ohio state's currently laying 21 here this is uh up from 19 and actually if you want um we go back to when we opened this as a game of the year. This was a game of the year back uh, in the spring in May when we opened up some of these uh, college games. 11 was the line back in May when we uh, when we did that. So 21 currently. Uh, totals 59 and a half here. 
Indiana certainly has been one of the biggest disappointments in college football this year after only losing two games last season. They're 2-4 and four this year, and now welcome in this well-rested Buckeyes team who find themselves back in the top five after that early loss to Oregon there in week two. Indiana will be going with uh, Jack Tuttle, a quarterback today. Uh, we've talked a lot recently about Ohio State here and what they need to get back do to do to get back into this conversation to potentially get into the playoffs and they've run up on the run up the score in their last three opponents there yeah, Akron, sure Rutgers, Maryland right. uh, outscored them 177 to 37 looking for another dominant performance here today CJ Stroud has now entered the Heisman conversation. He's currently 8 to 1. He's thrown 10 touchdown passes in his last two games there, Mike. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Patrick. Western Kentucky and and, and Idaho are the two wins on Indiana's schedule. You know, and when they've played really good teams, they've gotten blown out. Like I am shocked this line opened as low as it did. Yeah. You know, I know they're playing at home in Bloomington, but to me, I think this is a little bit like the line last week, Alabama and Old Mi- and Mississippi State. Like this, to me, seems like it's going to be a 28 route point route because there's no way. I mean, Iowa beats them 34 to six. Penn State shuts them out 24 to nothing, and you know we know Ohio State's probably b- better than both those teams. And to your point, makes no sense. A magical season last year for Allen in Indiana. They return a bunch of starters, including Penix Jr., and they completely fall apart this year. I- I'm glad you brought that up. Penn State next up. They're hosting Illinois. Where are you at there? TG. Yeah, Penn State is laying 24 here. Uh, totals 45 and a half in this one. Uh, they, uh, this is up slightly from the opener, 23 and a half. Uh, we open this to totals 46 and a half. So uh, Penn State coming off their bye week, which much needed after their loss there to Iowa. And they had quite a few injuries, none more costly than uh, Sean Clifford, their quarterback, who had to leave the game. Uh, James Franklin, he's been non-committal where Clifford would start today, but we know uh, he's been taking reps in practice this week. Now, next week, here's the interesting part. Penn State has Ohio State on the schedule. So does Franklin take it conservatively here with Clifford today uh, against this much overmatched Illinois team? So he, he wants to go in, obviously, with a healthy quarterback to Ohio State. Um, Illinois, dead last in the Big Ten in total offense and passing. Um, you hate to say that any game should be easy, but this should be a, a good spot here for Penn State to cover this big number, even yeah. not knowing who's going to play. I think it's that. a little bit like the Arizona. Like, Penn State's going to have their eye on Ohio State yes. down the road. Good and they've got to keep good Clifford point. healthy, right? And 24 and a half seems like an awful lot of points. You know, I know Illinois is not very good, but they don't, they're not going to need – I mean uh, – it, let's be honest here. If Penn, if Clifford plays against Iowa, they win that game. Right, I they think win so. that game. And the other th- part too is now don't don't think James Franklin doesn't want that LSU job either. Now, I mean, I know the USC <laughs> job's available, but you know, th- these are all things that you know we got to put some whooping on some people right here. I, I could see them laying the wood to Illinois because Illinois is completely undermatched. I told yeah. you, Franklin Shady, he was with the boogie board uh, on the sideline. He's going to be eating crawfish on the <laughs> sideline today. And Michael <laughs> mentioned it: Penn State at Ohio State. Next week, that is going to be awesome. 7-5 matchup. Okay, it still matters to me. USC-Notre Dame today, Thomas. What do you got? Yeah. Yeah, big rivalry game here, uh, Patrick, with USC traveling to Notre Dame. A lot of uncertainty, obviously, around this USC program currently. Uh, They have the athletes, but is there really a consistent plan here for them on either side of the ball? That's the question. Um, Notre Dame defense, I think, should be able to carry the day here for them. 
currently the line Notre Dame laying seven and a half. That's up slightly from the opener of six and a half. Uh, Irish should be able to do enough on offense here against this USC team that really looked unmotivated there against Utah uh, at home. USC has a good passing game and a fantastic receiver there in Drake London, who's caught basically half of all the USC yards through the air this year. But uh, all Notre Dame money here so far in this one. You can see it, too. I mean, look, you know, when we break USC, the disappointing thing about their season has been their defense. Their defense yeah. has not played well. And, you know, they give up 42 last week to Utah. Uh, I, I'm with you. I don't know how you, they keep it close here. I, I don't love Notre Dame's team, but I think this is one of those where Brian Kelly needs to really make a statement and, and put some points up, especially, you know, the fact they're playing at home in front of the crowd. I think they're better than a touchdown to USC. I mentioned the service academies are all playing undefeated teams today. One of them, yeah. San Diego State heads to Air Force. I think Air Force, this, this, this was a mall's pick. Thomas, your take on this, because Air Force is favored here. Yeah, Air Force favored by three. Uh, we opened this at four. This is a very interesting game. Total's 39, and you said, man, that's a really, really low yeah. total, and it is. Two teams that we don't really normally talk about on this show. For those who are unfamiliar with why this total is so low, you have to look at the style of play for both teams. Of course, Air Force runs that triple option. Um, they average five yards per rush. San Diego State's also a run-first offense. Yep. In fact, they run the ball over 66% of their plays, which is an extremely high percentage for a non-triple option offense. So both of these teams defend the run very well. Uh, Air Force only allows 3.6 yards per uh, per carry defensively. San Diego State's even better. They only allow 2.3 yards per rush. So we see extremely low total here with two teams that run the ball a lot, but they also do a very good job of defending the run. Yeah, I mean, they have the best run defense in the country, San Diego State, the 10th best is Air Force. Yep. So both teams, you know, they're, they're good against one another. It'll be interesting to see which defense tends to break. This game might be under three hours, though. This game might be under <laughs> yes. three hours. Yep. But we've seen some we've seen some early money though here on uh, on San Diego State that's uh, pushed that down. And, and Amal's on on Air Force. Amal is definitely on Air Force. The okay. reason I the reason I asked uh, if you could find TG earlier is because his nickname back in the day was Ferris Bueller. He played hooky <laughs> like you did before the show started. He likes no, to play hooky. No, I did hooky. not play hooky. I did not play hooky. How'd you make out with the baseball last night? Uh, decent result. Decent result for the series for us. Uh, Houston uh, getting in there, so uh, we won a little bit of money on the future in the future market for that. But uh, also uh, on the game, we lost a little bit on the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Red Sox was a, of the four teams remaining. The Red Sox were the liability for right. us for the World Series. What so. are you laying? What are the Dodgers laying without Scherzer tonight? Uh, Dodgers currently one, laying 155 right now. Who would you take, Thomas? I'm going to go with uh, the Braves tonight. Wow. Of course you are. By the way, is Thomas a 76er fan? Because he got very passionate about talking about Ben Simmons. Yeah, uh, right? you know, yeah, well, reformed. Uh, reformed. Reformed fan, so, just like Michael. Yeah, you continue. You Thanks, Thomas. TG. Thanks. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, discover what winning feels like at BetMGM. We love BetMGM. $1 to win 100. Today, any college football team scores a touchdown, you're going to win 100 bucks for new betters. Okay? King of Sportsbooks. You got to use the bonus code VSIN100, VSIN100. Just go to betmgm.com. Again, a buck wins you 100. You're going to win the cash. 
betmgm.com or download the app. Okay, we got you back here. Michael Lombardi hanging out at the board. Got I just we're gonna get some plays in here, but what as we head into week eight, overall, what are you looking for? What are you gonna be paying attention to today on college football Saturday? You know, I, I think Michigan playing Northwestern, it's an easy game for Michigan. They got Michigan State next week, right? So you're gonna see how they handle that and what they look like. I think there's a lot of these games where you know, I'm definitely going to have my eye on LSU-Mississippi. I want to see what Kiffin's going to do in that game. I think there's no doubt that you, you've got to take that and see, uh, you know, where Ole Miss is, whether, you know, he, he's going to come hard for it because I think that's this is one of those where, uh, you know, that's a job that if you can impress some people and get your name in front of the search committee by by what you do on the field, it really helps. So that that's going to be something that I'm really looking forward to seeing. By the way, I kept repeating. My, I kept on saying Oklahoma six and zero. Oklahoma seven and zero. Last time you they said seven. You I, said did seven. I? I apologize if yeah. I didn't. Last time they started eight and zero. Seventeen years ago. I I love what you said earlier about this Oklahoma team. I I just Amal said they're going to be a part of the picture because they've started to play better, and obviously Caleb Williams is a sensation. But it doesn't feel like that team, Michael. And you take a look, Oklahoma, Kansas. Uh, Oklahoma's laying 38. This isn't going to be a test for them. But your overall thoughts on Oklahoma? Well, I mean, they've actually improved defensively. This is an unlike an Oklahoma team that I'm used to seeing. I mean, you know, let's be real honest. They, they, they typically have always dominated with their ability to outscore people. And, you know, they did it in the Texas game, and they were able to come back. And, and you know, but they've gotten better defense this year. When you just look at their numbers, Patrick, defensively, I mean, when you just go through them, I mean, they're not the, – they're 67th overall, but they're, they, they play good run defense. They're eighth in the country against the run. Their total defense is 70. Their relative scoring defense is 41st. So they're playing much better at a higher level. And I think one of the reasons why we're going to put them into the, you know, they'll get to the, five, the, 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 the four games is because they're in a conference where they can dominate. When they get into the Southeast Conference, I think it's, a harder, it's going to be a harder entry into where they need to go. And I think Nebraska learned that the hard way by going into the, Pac-10, by going into the Big Ten. But you feel comfortable laying that price today with Oklahoma? I mean, Kansas is. Just... I do. I I, 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 think it's just going to be one of those where they're just going to keep. They're going to. I think Oklahoma knows they need style points, and Oklahoma knows they need to keep building on their offense. And those are two things that lend you to cover, right? You got to analyze what's going to lead you to the cover, or what could lead you not to. Like, let's take for example, and we'll talk more at length about this tomorrow. But Arizona, seventeen and a half point favorite, right? They got to play Green Bay on Thursday night. If that game's in the fourth quarter and they're up by 17 with seven minutes to go, you know, no one in any locker room that I've ever been a part of talks about covering a lot number. They talk about just winning the game. And I know from the mindset of, of these teams that, you know, we just want to win the game. So there's an opportunity because we've got such a big game coming next week. And I think that's what you're going to see in some of these games. I want to talk to you about the night game uh their South Bend and Notre Dame. What's been interesting about Notre Dame this year, they've gotten kind of mediocre offensive line play, which had been a strength the past couple of years. Yeah. And Kelly's done a hell of a job and frankly, mediocre quarterback play, although he started well. Uh, they're going to get Michael Mayer back, which is a big piece on offense today. I think there's going to be a That's sense huge. of... That's yeah, huge. he's a great... He's awesome. I think there's going to be a sense of urgency for I this I mean, he Notre looks Dame. like Gronk already. He does. He looks, Michael he Mayer, like for those already. that haven't I mean, seen, he's the tight end for Notre Dame's coming back. He's a stud, Michael. 
He's unbelievable. I mean, he's so good that, you know, when when I'm watching games on Saturday and, and you, a player jumps out at you, that forces you to go research where he came from. This kid's from <laughs> a Catholic school in Kentucky. I mean, you know, when you start to have to look through that, you say, wow, that guy just jumps out at you. And then I start watching him on the tape. And, of course, Cincinnati treats him like he's just a receiver. And, you know, they're going to throw the ball to him on every third down. You know, he's going to get the ball. But I, I think he really helps their offense. And, you know, Jack Coons has not been, you know, once he got hurt, he hasn't been as effective as right. he was when he was healthy. And, you know, for me, I always, uh, you know, the, the Virginia Tech game was a shocker to me. I thought Virginia Tech would beat them in that game. They were able to fight their way back. Give them credit. They have mental toughness at Notre Dame. I think this is a game they need to come out and prove that they're the better team. Because SC, it's a historical game. This game should always be the 7.30, 8 o'clock game. I mean, as a kid growing up, USC Notre Dame was always something you look forward to. It doesn't have the same luster any longer. It's weird with USC. Zigzag. They go to Colorado, play a great game two weeks ago. They come back home, lay an egg against Utah. Now they head on the road with the rival here yeah, at Notre but, Dame, catching seven, seven and a half. But I mean, Colorado's offense is so bad, right? Colorado's offense is so bad. So it made the USC defense look much better. You know, but then when they play Utah, whose offense is improved and getting better, then all of a sudden it exposes the warts. And I think that's what Notre Dame has to do today is really attack a bad USC defense. If you were counseling one of your sons and LSU and USC wanted to hire your son, which one would you take? Which job would you take? i tell him to take the LSU job. I would push back here take the LSU job. because of the licensings of athletes. L.A. is going to become even more. Uh, it's just, I mean, they've got literally they've got tutors yeah, on the, campus the, the, to help the licensing. The licensings on cam in Louisiana. I don't even know if they ever needed licensing, you know. And so, <laughs> you know, it's just such a fertile area. <laughs> now, well Southern put. California is is a a fertile area in terms of recruiting. Uh, living in certainly living in Southern California would be a little better than living in Baton Rouge. But you know, to me, you should always be either school. You should be a perennial place. The the, the your your money and your contracts going to go a lot farther in Louisiana than paying all those state taxes in California. And gumbo is good, underrated cuisine. As, New Orleans. As a father, as a father, I would I would want to look towards that. You know, both schools have great tradition. Both schools have incredible history they've got incredible alumni you know the southeast conference to me if you want to be a great coach and i would tell this to my sons if you want to be the best of the best go in the southeast conference you said sec let's go tennessee alabama alabama opened 27 and a half the numbers dropped hosting tennessee down to 25 ish 25 and a half what do you got you know, I, I mean, look, I, I thought Tennessee would win last week. I really did. I thought Tennessee would beat would beat Ole Miss. I thought that they that they could run the ball on Ole Miss's defense and can control the game. But you know, to me, this will be a challenge. You know, Alabama's got. You know, Alabama is. You know, one thing about Alabama, they've had their blurp in the road. They're not going to have another one. They've got LSU. Typically, this could be the look ahead game for them. But LSU's not the same LSU team. So, you know, I would lean towards taking Tennessee and the points. I could see why the line's coming down. That's a lot of points. All right. Carl Johnson loved Ole Miss today. I want to get where you're at here. I love Ole Miss today, okay. too. You're going to roll? I love Ole Miss today. I really do. I, lo I, love, I love Ole Miss today. I think they're a good play. I like them. I, I really did. I thought, you know, when I was looking at my making notes here for the games this week, you know, and I was going through it, I really liked that one a lot. I thought that that had a chance to be a good a good, a good, uh, I mean, just because of the reasons I mentioned, because of the, 
the opportunity that presents itself for for Lane Kiffin, and he's going to go in there and show that, hey, I can coach the quarterback, I can be dazzling, I can dominate. I think that's going to be the case. The betters agree with you, as Matt noted, is eight, eight and a half when we got here. Ole Miss is now lane nine, 76 and a half. Remember, these two teams have combined to score 101 and 95 points their last two meetings. Uh, Michigan Northwestern, 21 and a half opener. Michael, I got a couple of books up at 24, 23, I'll give you the number, Michigan yeah. laying it. I mean, Michigan coming off a bye, I think they're healthy, they're ready to go. I think Northwestern, I was surprised they could beat, they scored 21 points on Rutgers last week. I like Michigan, I would lay the points here. By the way, I tripped up earlier, I was like, Michigan State, that's right, Michigan State's on a bye. Next week, Michigan, Michigan State. We haven't had that type of... We got the big game. The hype is going to be no, insane. No, we, you know... We basically, I mean, unless Michigan stubs their toe, which they don't look no. like they're doing this year. We're going to have two undefeated teams playing in the state of Michigan. You should actually do the coin toss for that game. Thank I actually you. think that would be nice. You think so? Yeah, I, I, think I could do a be. parade. As a native son of of Michigan, yeah. As a native son of the state of Michigan, I mean, you and Bob Seeger could be out there <laughs> throwing that coin up in the air. I mean, look, they got Bill Walton on the UCLA's campus. They why not you? Twelve hours. Why out not of, you? Twelve hours out of Mackinac City. Stopped at a bar to have a brew, right? Yeah. All right. I love it. Absolutely. One, Absolutely. One now. more play before we go. Illinois, Penn State. We were just talking about Clifford was warming up. Penn State's lane 24 and a hook, a look-ahead spot here at Ohio State next week. Uh, you know, I'm Thomas Scable told me he's getting a ton of action on Penn State here. Look, that line's up to 25, Patrick, and moved wow. to 25 as we spoke. Wow. You know, I, I, Illinois is not very good offensively. I might take the, I might lay the 25, although I would say this. I think that at some point Penn State takes their guys out and coasts to the victory because of that. So I double-talk myself here. I might take Illinois here. Okay, tease me. In 30 seconds, we got the NFL tomorrow. What are you focused on NFL-wise? Oh, I think these spreads. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to jump on these heavy dogs. The Lions at 15 and a half, 16. The Texans at 8, 17 and a half. Yes. The Bears getting 12. And I mean, we got some heavy duty dogs. I think it's everybody thinks it's a bad weekend. I think it's going to be a great weekend. I think there's some winners on this board tomorrow. Hey, be, hey, be on time tomorrow, there, big guy. We'll see you tomorrow. That's Michael Lombardi. I'm always on time. <laughs> I am. Always, and Matt, I'm not in a bad mood.